0: The Lord be with you. And also with you. So, I've got a question for you, and I'm going to want you to raise your hands for this. All right. When it's 110 degrees in Chico, who thinks it's the best time of year? Raise your hands. We got one, two, three, four, five people. All right. All right. How many people think when it's 110 degrees in Chico, it's the worst time of year? Let's see a show of hands. Wow, that's basically uh, the vast majority of this congregation, right? I want to say you're all fools, right? Because do you know what it looks like here in Chico when it's 110 degrees? I brought pictures. Every single one of these pictures were taken on my cameras, right? We live in an aquatic paradise. There are beautiful swimming holes. There are waterfalls. Uh... You can walk in the summer down the, the banks of the Chico Creek and it's overflowing with ripe blackberries and figs that you can just pluck off the branches. You can literally swim with the salmon. I took this photo up above Salmon Hole, salmon spawning in the Chico Creek. And that's if you stay within Chico city limits. If you're willing to go just slightly outside of Chico city limits, this is what it looks like, right? Pristine mountain streams, waterfalls that are over 100 feet tall, just series of waterfall after waterfall. In the next, so in this slide, you can see three people in the far right-hand side to give you a sense of scale. This is what Chico looks like when it's 110 degrees, and let me tell you, that water is perfect. It feels amazing. And in fact, no other time of year can you enjoy that water because it's too cold the rest of time of year. To say, this is perfection. But no, I I, I get many of you think it's the worst time of year because after all, Jesus today tells us a parable about people who are given perfection and say, you know what, I'm going to pass on paradise. Yeah? Jesus tells a parable about a king Whose son is getting married. And so the king wants to throw just a fabulous wedding banquet for his son's wedding. And so the king, you know, prepares all the finest food and drink, sends out invitations to all the most prestigious people in the land, right? This is an event that is going to be the talk of the town for the next century. And yet no one wants to come. But right. first, Jesus says, the first people who are invited, the VIPs, they all say, oh no, we've got more important things to do. We've got to attend to our business. Or maybe they think they're more important than the king because when the king sends messengers to invite them, these VIPs, they, they beat up those messengers and eventually even kill them. And so the king is outraged. and says, What? And sends an army to go and, and kill the VIPs and destroy their city? And, and then the king says... Well, we still have to have someone to enjoy this party. Just go out in the streets and invite everyone who you find. And so the king's servants go out and they round up the good and the bad. doesn't matter their social status. They bring them in. And look based on the number of people who are fans of Pride and Prejudice and the TV show Bridgerton, right? the idea of getting invited to the king's ball should be one of the most exciting things imaginable, especially for some random person who's walking down the street. And yet, when the king goes into this wedding banquet for his son, he sees that there's someone who's not wearing a wedding robe. And what you have to understand about this is Wedding robes are handed out at the door. The host provides them in the same way hosts provide children's uh, birthday hats. Yeah, at parties. It's just kind of, this is a party favor. You show you're here to participate and celebrate by putting it on. The king walks in, sees that this random person, who by no merit of his own has managed to get into the greatest party ever thrown, doesn't seem interested in participating not wearing the robe, and when the king says, hey, I'm the king of this whole country, nice to meet you, why aren't you wearing the outfit I provided? The guy doesn't even have the decency to respond. So the king says, well, clearly you don't want to be here. Go on out. And now look, this story has two elements to it. It has a historical element, and it has an eternal element to it. The historical element, it's important to remember, Jesus tells this parable while he's standing in the temple in Jerusalem and he's talking to the chief priests, right? These are the very VIPs that God has invited first into the kingdom of heaven, right? These are the people that God first chose and said, I want you to be my people, I want you to lead the rest of the world in understanding how it is to be a part of my kingdom, And yet, throughout the Hebrew Scriptures, we hear time and time again, God sends prophets to the religious and political leadership in Israel. And time after time, the religious and political leadership rejects those prophets and frequently kills them. Jesus even calls Jerusalem the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. And sure enough, it'll kill Jesus, too. And, just like in the parable, where the king, in response, says, this city clearly isn't working out, let's wipe it off the face of the earth, 70 years, in the year 70 AD, a generation after Jesus, the Roman army comes to Jerusalem, wipes out not only the whole city of Jerusalem, but also the temple and the priesthood. And they have never to this day returned. And so there is a historical element to this, right? To say, The institution of a temple and a priesthood in Jerusalem was not answering God's call. And so God ended it. But there is also an eternal aspect to this parable. Because as Christians, we believe God's temple and priesthood still exists, just not in a building in one place in time and space, but in Jesus for all time and space. Jesus is our temple. He is the place where God resides here on earth. Jesus is our high priest. He is the one who connects us with God. And in the parable, Jesus says the king, after the first VIPs were deemed unworthy, the king says, you know what? Let's just let everyone in. Let's round up every single person we can find and welcome them into God's kingdom. And in Jesus, every single person on this earth Good and bad, Gentile and Jew, saint and sinner, every single one of them is gathered into God's kingdom to celebrate the feast that has no end. And yet, in the parable, there is someone who made it in, who made it into this eternal banquet by no merit of their own, but they got in anyway, and yet, it appears they don't want to be there. They were given a beautiful outfit to wear to participate, and they say, no thanks, I don't want to wear this. They're given a chance to meet the king, and they say, no thanks, I don't want to talk to that person. Right? It's Imagine going to the fanciest, most illustrious party you can imagine and, and spending all of it on your phone in the corner. That's what's happening. And I say this is an eternal parable because... It is what each and every one of us are given the choice with. I think so often, our conception of heaven and hell comes from medieval artists. Yeah, and so we think, well, when we die, we'll go to either some heaven where there's nice clouds and angels with halos and harps, or we'll go to hell where there's lots of fire and red devils with pointy sticks. But that's not what Jesus describes. What Jesus says is, when we die, we will all be welcomed into this heavenly banquet, And yet when we get there, some of us will say, I get to be in the presence of God. I get to be united with every person who's ever lived and ever will live. Praise God, this is heaven. And some of us will get there and look around and say, you know, I'd rather be somewhere else. And God will say, I can answer that prayer. And you laugh, but I want to remind you That you live in an aquatic paradise all summer long. We have a place that is perfection, right? We have 10 miles of pristine aquatic playground. It's open 24 hours a day. It's completely free, right? I got a picture of one of my friends jumping into Salmon Hole. This is what people spend all summer complaining about. And they say, no thanks, I'll pass on paradise. I think I'll go visit somewhere else this time of year. But look, I get it. Swimming in the creek, it may be free, but it takes work. right? It it takes effort to make use of what God has given us completely free of charge. If the kingdom of heaven is... Chico on a 110-degree day? Well, one, you have to have a swimsuit. Two, you have to know where to go in the creek. Three, you have to have a way to get there. Four, you need to know how to swim or at least be comfortable wading in the water. But most importantly, you have to believe it's worth being there. Yeah? If the kingdom of heaven is, as Jesus describes, a party... Well, you may be able to be invited to a party free of charge, right? It doesn't cost anything to go to a friend's party, but it takes work to make it enjoyable, right? Maybe you have to dress up. Maybe you have to go to wherever it is. Maybe it's not close. Maybe you're expected to share something when you get there, a bottle of wine or some food, You have to be willing to talk to people, and that takes energy. But most importantly, you have to believe it's worth being there. Otherwise, that party is going to feel like hell. And I'm willing to bet every single one of us has been to a party that has felt just like that. Yeah? So here's the thing. We as the church... We don't exist to get people into heaven. Jesus has done that already. He's the one who has gathered us all in. But what we as the church exist to do is to help people realize that what they are given is not hell. It is, in fact, heaven. We are here to help them recognize the kingdom of heaven in their midst. And that starts on this side of the grave as well as in the life to come. Because the truth is, the same skills, the same faith that is required to recognize the kingdom of heaven and the life to come is the same faith that is required to see it here. As Lutherans, our entire faith can be summed up by Ephesians 2 8, which says, You are saved by faith through no, you are saved by grace through faith. To say that grace that you are saved by, it is that unconditionally free gift that God gives you in Jesus. But that faith, that is you believing it is worth receiving the gift that God has given you and making use of it in your life. And so, if the kingdom of heaven were Chico on a 110 degree day, the purpose of the church would be to hand out swimsuits it would be to tell people where to go in the Chico Creek. It would be to take people up there and go swim with them and help convince them that it truly is the best place to be in Chico on summertime. And we have a picture of here doing just that. Oh, actually the previous picture. There we go. Right? We, I actually do this. I try to convince you all to come to the Chico Creek in the summertime and go play with me and remember your baptism. Yeah? But Jesus says the kingdom of heaven as a wedding banquet. And so, our goal as a congregation is to help equip you with the skills to enjoy this wedding banquet in this life and in the life to come. If a wedding banquet requires you to get dressed up, well, we want you to come and experience the waters of baptism, in which you are clothed in Christ, clothed in the truth of God's love. But that truth, To actually live it out, we want you to go be a part of small groups. And now we can go to that vision wheel. So this is a a wheel that reflects our vision as a congregation. And the first hope is that, yes, you are welcomed here on worship on a Sunday morning, that you hear the good news of God's love and you say, I want to know more. Well, we say, great. We want to connect you with people beyond Sunday morning so that you learn what it is to be honest with another person, with a group of people, about what's going on in your life. So that you learn, by talking to another group of people, how to recognize where God is present in your life. So that when you show up at the heavenly banquet, and you look around and you see a whole bunch of people, you don't think, oh no, I don't know how to deal with a whole bunch of people. You think, oh yes, these are people that I am comfortable being honest with. These are people who can help me recognize I'm in the presence of the divine. But then, if being part of a wedding banquet is eating the food and the drink that is served, well, certainly here in worship, we want you to share in communion the bread and the wine. But we also want you to know the truth of what that communion says, which is that you are part of the body of Christ, that Christ's body is within you. And what that means is you have unique gifts for the sake of the whole party, right? Maybe the way you enjoy a party is by getting out on the dance floor. Or maybe the way you enjoy a party is by participating in a party game. Or maybe the way you enjoy a party is by serving food or making the meal in the kitchen. We have a group of people called the Equipping Ministry that wants to help you discover the way that you enjoy this party best and then get you into the party having fun. And then we want to send you out to say, we don't want you just enjoying the party. We want to send you out to invite other people to enjoy the party. To say... If you enjoy dancing on the dance floor, maybe you are called to help get other people out there dancing with you. If you enjoy party games, maybe you're called to get the game started, right? If you enjoy making food and serving it, maybe you're called to draw people into the kitchen with you to make the food together. Or maybe you are called to convince everyone to leave the party and go take it out to the creek and start swimming where God made something beautiful for you to enjoy. Yeah? Yeah? God has given you so much goodness in your life. You live in Chico, California, where in the summertime, it gets to be 110 degrees, and the water that pours from the mountain and over waterfalls, that flows with salmon, that water is perfect. God has given you a life, a life full of so many other people, who are here to enrich your time on this earth. But most of all, God has given you an invitation to the heavenly banquet that will have no end. And when we are tempted to say to ourselves, I think this is hell, may we be the body of Christ for each other and say, no friends, this is the kingdom of heaven. May we rejoice in it. Amen.